Wow, wow, wow. Thanks, Pastor James and Michelle and the team for inviting us. And as we're standing and we were worshipping before, the presence of God is in this house. Several years ago, I was praying one morning and the Lord rebuked me in my prayer and said, don't you ever pray like that again. Has God ever told you not to pray like that again? He's always saying, pray. I said, Lord, what did I pray wrong? He says, don't you ever pray for an open heaven because I've already given it to you. And it changed my world. And I went through a journey of Scripture on how God's given us an open heaven through Jesus Christ. And we need to live with the reality of that. Here comes Michelle. Just got a word of encouragement for you guys. There are two words God gave me for you is wisdom and understanding. You don't have to compare yourself with others because wisdom is the principal thing, the Bible says. And God's given you wisdom to minister life to people and to touch people's hearts. And I've seen your extension of your building and the, the scripture I've got is a well-known one, but out of the message version, Isaiah 54.2 says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out, think big, use plenty of rope, drive the tent pegs deep. You're gonna need lots of elbow room for your growing family. There's a word for your church, okay? Lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're gonna take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. You'll forget all about the humiliations of your youth. And the Spirit of God says you're enlarging your building, but the Spirit of God says you're enlarging your hearts and He's going to enlarge your influence in this city and community and beyond. I see you're enlarging the building. You're enlarging hearts, but the Spirit of God says, I'm going to enlarge your influence for the Kingdom of God. Why? Because you've sought after wisdom and understanding. And God spoke to King Solomon and said, because you've sought that, I'll give you all the other things. You haven't looked for prominence. You haven't looked for the material things, but because you've loved God and loved His people and you've loved this city, I will give you increased influence for the Kingdom of God. It'll flow. You won't have to strive for it. The wisdom and the foundation you've built of loving and caring for people of all backgrounds and all sorts, that is the doorway where God says, I can trust you with more influence for my kingdom. Father, let that be over their lives. Lord, let that Word just burn in their hearts. Let them know, Lord, that they've planted, they've sown, and now they're stepping into a new season of increase, the size of this building. Lord, the size of their influence and their ministry. God, I thank You for Your Spirit upon them. And even as they go to Israel, Lord, You would open up some revelation and some insight for Your Kingdom life that they'll come back with and see Your hand of blessing and breakthrough. This year I see, Lord, increase and overflow flow, flourishing, favour, increase in the mighty Name of Jesus Christ. I thank You for that in the Name of Jesus. You will not have to strive for it. It will flourish and flow out of your hearts in Jesus' Name. Let's give God praise for that Word for your pastor and his wife and church. And just before I share the Word of God today, I've learned a long time ago 
to pray for people that are in pain before we preach because why should you wait till the end of the service and they've suffered through the whole service with that headache or pain or, or arthritis? And I believe God wants to touch people right now because His Spirit is here. His Spirit is here. There's one or two people and you've got issues with your heart. It's like heart rhythm issues where it goes in and out of rhythm or it misses a beat. Or you've had some issues with your heart of blockages and the Spirit of God wants to bring His healing power to your life today. Who's that today in this place? Just give us a wave, that's you. Down the back, down there, who else? Yeah, God bless you. Can you guys come forward? I wanna pray for you right now. Just while we're in this presence of God, just let the Holy Spirit, this is, church is not a spectator sport. This is, this is our participation. This is body ministry right now. And as they're coming, just start to speak the name of Jesus because the power of God's here and some of these need a breakthrough. Come on, come on forward and let the Spirit of God touch you right now. You're not coming to me, you're coming to, in response by faith right now. Come on, congregation, lift your hands towards them right now. Let's speak the name of Jesus right now because we need breakthroughs right now. Some of them have actually had physical pain in their hearts and they've been concerned about heart angina or even heart attack and we believe for a breakthrough. We break that hereditary stuff over your family where the enemy's tried to say, well, it's happened to my dad and my granddad. It might happen to me. We're gonna break that today in the name of Jesus Christ and we release your healing power right now. Lord, let his heart beat right. Lord, I release your healing power over his body. In the name of Jesus, Lord, put it into order right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you right now for your healing power. Lord, let it flow. Let it flow right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for your release over his body. Lord, I thank you for a spirit of faith over him, Father. Lord, he will look forward and not back. Lord, he would look forward with excitement and hope and not back with regret. I lift off any regrets off of his life and I release an open heaven over his body and spirit. Lord, I thank You. I thank You for strength over His heart. Lord, it would beat normally. Lord, restore it to proper beats in Jesus' Name. Lord, it would not race or it would not miss beats, but it would function right. Lord, I just thank You for Your healing power. Lord, let Him know. Let Him know something shifting within His body and His spirit. I thank You for a heart of generosity and compassion that this man has and it will be released in Jesus' Name. Oh God, Lord, I thank You for breakthrough today. Lord, I thank You. Holy Spirit, I rebuke that condition over His body and over His soul. I lift off any oppression in Jesus' Name. Set Him free right now. Lord, release that over His heart in the Name of Jesus. I thank You right now for a spirit of freedom over His health and over His soul right now, right now. I release that in Jesus' Name. I thank You for kingdom life flowing. Oh God, let Your power. That's right, just receive from God. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be more spiritual. It's grace. Healing is a gift of grace that you can't earn. Let it flow right now. Right now. Right now. Oh God, bring a peace over his body and over his soul right now. Lord, I thank you right now for release, release, release. There's a peace coming over this congregation. Right, There's some people that you've struggled with fear and anxiety. And I see, I see right now, God's given you a key to unlock some things over your soul. It's the key of forgiveness. Right now, I see the key of forgiveness unlocking some hearts. You started this year saying, God, I can't go back to that workplace or that family relationship where there's so much strife. But the Spirit of God says, don't look at them and blame them. 
Spirit of God says forgiveness is the key that will open the door of your heart and their heart in Jesus' name. If that's you right now, you reach up to heaven and say, God, give me that gift. Because forgiveness is a gift. It's a gift that God gives you. It's a choice and a gift. Right now, there's some family strife and right now I see it being broken over households because you're saying, Lord, by your grace, I will forgive and release right now. Right now in Jesus' name. I release that household. I release that family right now. Lord, I thank you for your healing grace over this precious lady. Lord, let right now your healing power flow in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus, let your healing power flow right now. There are other people here right now, you're in pain. It's either with headaches or you physically got pain in your body. If that's you, just reach up to heaven where you are right now. Just reach up your hands to heaven right now. Right now, that's right. Just lift them up to heaven. If you haven't got your hand raised, turn around and find someone who has and I want you to reach out and touch them with a prayer of faith. If you need prayer, keep it up. And I want someone else to go and stand with them right now. Just release the prayer of faith. Come on, let's believe for that pain to go, that migraine to go, that pain in that vertebrae, about the fifth or sixth vertebrae where you've got, it's like there's a a crushing pain. And whenever you turn sideways, it causes a grabbing. In Jesus' Name, I release your healing power right now over that. Lord, I release your healing power for someone who's got a skin disease. You've got a skin irritation that just won't go away. This morning as I was praying in in the, the room, I saw people with skin diseases that are rashes that won't go away. You've had creams, you've been to doctors, you've had medication, it hasn't gone. But today I see in the Spirit that's starting to lose its power over your skin and it will cause a freedom over you and He's setting your heart free from anxiety, which is one of the reasons why the skin disease is there. I release your healing power right now. I release your healing power. Come on, lift up your hands and let's speak the name of Jesus for a moment because He's the healer. When you have Jesus, you have healing. When you have Jesus, you have peace. Lord, let your healing power flow right now, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we release His body to be free, free from pain, free in Jesus' Name. Lord, we thank You for it. We thank You for Your presence right now over this house. God, Your house is a house of prayer and praise. Your house is a house of healing. Lord, Your house is a place of an open heaven where people receive Your forgiveness. I thank You for the spirit of forgiveness right now, setting households free in Jesus' Name. When I spoke that word about forgiveness, some of you immediately saw a person in your mind or heart and your stomach started to turn because you think, wow, I really wish I could have a right relationship with that person. But there's just strife. And forgiveness is one of the keys that God's saying, are you willing to explore what that looks like for your life? The Holy Spirit will show you what that looks like and how to work with that. I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Lord, we honour you. I invite you once more, just all lift our hands to heaven, just in thanks. Just take a moment and say, Lord, I just surrender to you. Speak to my heart today. Lord, let your love just soften my heart. Let your Holy Spirit empower me to face this year with faith, not fear. Oh, with hope, not anxiety. God, just refresh every heart right now. Holy Spirit, sweep over this place and let your amazing presence just touch all of our lives. Oh, I thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. God, you speak to our lives. 
You touch our natural world with your supernatural world and it moves things, it shifts things. And I pray right now for a shifting in people's attitudes today towards this year. Lord, I thank You for a spirit of faith being released over this house and stirring hearts to another level of freedom. God, we give You praise. We give You praise. Lord, have Your way. Have Your way in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen, amen. Give someone a high five and let's take our seats. Get ready for the Word. Oh God. I love church because the Holy Spirit's here and anything happens when you make room for the Holy Spirit. And this is an awesome church. It's great to, we've known Pastor James and Michelle for many years, probably 30 something years, uh, maybe longer. And uh, that dates us a little bit, doesn't it? My wife, Mary Lynn, sends her love and prayers. She's preaching today at... uh, Harvey Bay at Bayside Christian Church, and, uh, and I know people will be getting saved today. Every week we have people come to Christ because I've just determined that it's kingdom, kingdom life. And when you present Jesus, people are drawn. They come by the Spirit of God. And I know that people uh, will be coming to Christ today. About uh, three or four months ago, I was praying one Friday morning in my prayer meeting, and out of my spirit came these words, "'Bring them back, Lord.'" And I started to pray, bring them back, Lord, for about 15 minutes. This cry came out of my spirit, said, bring them back, Lord. And as I'm crying out, I saw, I saw one by one and then two by two. And then I saw dozens of them coming through the door of our church, people who had once known Jesus. Kids that had got saved in a Sunday school or a kids camp or a youth group. People that had once walked in the ways of God, I saw them coming back one by one, rescued. People hadn't never been in church or hadn't been there for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And since that Sunday, every week we have stories of people coming back to church. It's not credit to me. It was something happened in the Spirit and I've stirred our people. We had a guy two weeks ago who hadn't been in church for 69 years. He stood in church and just cried all the way through. He said, the last time I was in church was 69 years ago when I was 10 years old. Two weeks ago, we had another couple. and He hadn't been in church for 40 years. And he was just a neighbour of someone in our church and someone just reached out and invited him to church. Invited him a few times and eventually the wife came. Two weeks later, the husband came and he's just sitting chatting to me after church last week, asking for prayer. He's not saved yet, but he's been there two weeks and said, there's something happening. I said, that's God's love reaching your heart. Let me tell you, it's harvest time like I've never seen before. Australia is ready for a great move of God and there's a harvest, there's a cry within our nation. And we've started this year with bushfires and all sorts of incredibly painful, traumatic stuff. Let me tell you, in the natural, you can look and say, what's happening? But often, some things happen in the natural and they also are paralleled in the spiritual. And uh, I know your church and many churches have been raising funds and and helping people and and, uh, you've had some fires up this way a, a while earlier. But I want to say that God's at work. And one day I was watching the news and my heart was just breaking for all the pain and the tragedy. And then all of a sudden I remembered a prophecy that Pastor Gerald Rowlands had a vision in 1961 or 62. He saw the map of Australia and he saw all these little fires starting and then they just joined together in huge, big, raging bushfires. What he saw was in the spirit 
And he said, there's going to be a move of God that's going to start in churches and towns and villages and cities all over our nation. And it's just going to join together. And it was like when I was watching those bushfires totally out of control, in the natural, I saw the destruction. But in my spirit, I saw God say, hey, it's time for my kingdom to be released. Because when, the, when nature is unleashed for good or bad, we can't stop it or control it. Let me tell you, when the Spirit of God breaks loose, you can't stop it or control it. You've got to choose to flow with it and run with it or it'll overrun you. And let me tell you, there's a shaking across our nation. There's a spiritual battle going on across our nation. But I'm just seeing more and more people open for the Gospel. People that are just walking into church had never been there in their life. Or we're part of transformations. Ashley here has come through the program and now just out sharing his good story with others. And I see these Young men and women come into our church and they've got to come to church morning and night as part of the program for 12 months. They're more regular than most of my regular church people. They've got to take notes of the sermon and then discuss it on Monday night what they learn in church. They're more disciplined than most of my average church people. But most of them have never been to church in their life and I love watching their first Sunday in church. They watch the band cranking up like you guys and they watch everyone praising and they, their eyes are just getting bigger and bigger. Then the Spirit of God starts moving and lives get changed and I watch their hearts just start to open up. And many of them, the first day in church, they get saved. They say, we've never seen anything like this. Just like your presence of God here. I want to say, keep inviting people to church because they're open more than ever before. They really are. And I remember one, one day, God does signs and wonders. One, one day we were praying for someone and they were getting delivered. There was some evil spirits coming out of this person and it was, it was just full on for about 30 seconds at the altar. And as I'm down there praying, I had a really natural thought. I wonder what these new transformation guys are thinking of this. <laughs> so I sort of pray and I glanced up and see a whole row of half a dozen guys that had only been in church for a week or two. Some it was their first week. Do you know what they were doing? They weren't scared. They were standing on their seats, clapping and cheering. <laughs> I thought, well, what's that about? And then I realised... These people live in darkness where they see the power of evil and destruction and they just started to see the power of Jesus destroying it over someone's life. And they weren't even saved, but they're on their feet clapping and cheering. Let me tell you, when God's Spirit starts to work, people don't back off, they get drawn in. Sometimes we're scared to let the supernatural happen because we think it's going to scare people off. It will only offend the natural mind, but it'll draw their spirit. God will always offend the natural mind. Jesus did it all the time to reveal the Spirit. And we've got to be careful we don't live with mind-based Christianity that is too careful and cautious that will, not, that will try and hinder the Spirit of God getting their heart. I've seen it over and over now. When the Spirit of God works, He goes past the mind to the, the cry of the human spirit. So I don't understand the mind, but I know this is powerful and this is good. God's Spirit is stirring the body of Christ. And He wants us to reach out. I believe God's given every human being a sense of hope for a better future. In the midst of the fire and the drought and all the need, God's sending this beautiful rain. Thank God for it, eh? Yeah. And we need more right across our nation. But in the middle of it, God's at work. I love Aussies. It's Australia Day and I think it's great to celebrate some of the amazing qualities of Australia, of generosity and kindness, the volunteers that just go and lay their life down for others with the Volunteer Fire Brigade and all those. I heard a story the other week of a farmer near Gympie. He bought a property a few years ago and it was a, 
it was sort of a holiday farm where people could come and pay to stay for holidays and had some cattle. And there was 2,300 mango trees on the property when he bought it and he wasn't into mangoes. So he didn't really look after them. But last year, previous year, they had about, there's 2,300 mango trees. Someone had had an orchard but had been let go. And the previous year, there was only a few came on. He says, I don't want to pick them. And so people, he just gave them away. This last year, he had the most amazing crop. You know, some of your mango trees have just been groaning with thousands. He had at least 100 mangoes on every tree. So that would be 230,000 mangoes conservatively. Do you know what he did? He gave them all away. Could have made tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. He gave them all away. Volunteers came in and picked them all and packed them and sent them all to the farmers in the drought areas right across our state. He's not a Christian, just a generous heart. I thought, God, that generosity is a God principle that he's put in Australians' hearts. That volunteering, serving. Most of the good qualities of Australian culture come from our Christian background. And we've got to realise that and not believe the lies of the media and the enemy that tries to numb down the true value of Christian life. Christianity is good for your marriage. It's good for your family. It's good for your finances. It's good for our communities. And we need to stand up and declare that in our lives and by our words. Don't, don't be intimidated by the lies of the enemy. The only reason he comes with such lies because he's scared of what Christians can be if the church really stands up and lives out our faith. And I believe God's stirring the church to arise. So I want you to face 2020 with faith, not fear. I want to leave a few words to encourage you with faith. Psalm 27, 13 says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Psalmist says, I believe, I've got confidence in the future. You hear about the climate emergency and all sorts of stuff. A lot of people, it's just full of fear. Bible said in the last days, people will be terrified through fear. They'll be dying from fear. And that's what's happening. There's a, an agenda of the enemy to bring such terror and fear across the world. But let me tell you, in the middle of it, this human spirit's crying out for answers and hope. And we've got that. And, and the, the, the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. I want to encourage you, don't be intimidated. Step up, stand up because the Spirit of God is here and people are searching for reality. Heaven's our destination, but serving the people on the earth is our assignment. I'm not looking forward to escaping to heaven. Heaven's a bonus and a reward at the end of a Spirit-filled life. It'll be awesome. I do lots of funerals and I love celebrating people going to heaven. But it's not an escape. Serving God and bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth is what we're called to be. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. As a heaven is an amazing place where there's no fear, no sickness, no pain. And Jesus said, pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So we are here to be His representatives and to bring heaven to earth while we're here by love and forgiveness and kindness and generosity and healing and all those things. We have the privilege of being His representatives to bring kingdom of heaven to earth while we're here. 
What a, that changed the whole perspective on Christianity. That changed the whole perspective on what it is to be the church. We are gateways and doorways for people to experience the kingdom of heaven while we're on earth. That gives a whole sense of purpose. That gets me out of bed every day because I think, wow, what's going to happen today? What's God going to do today? And it brings a, a sense of purpose and excitement to our lives. I want to talk about, uh, for a few minutes, about Gideon, an Old Testament uh, prince among his people. The Israelites were being harassed and stolen from. The uh, Midianite armies used to come every year. Do you know one of the things they used to do? They used to burn all their crops. I was watching the fires destroying the farms down in South Australia and Victoria and thought, wow, that's a bit like what Gideon faced every year. They'd come and steal the animals, take their food and burn all of their crops. So he would have understood what it was like to be in a bushfire all around him. So he's hiding there in the wine press, beating out the wheat to try and get some grain, which is a really interesting anomaly because a wine press is where wine is that speaks about the Holy Spirit. He's there trying to get grain for bread. He's trying to get bread out of wine. That doesn't work real well. Sometimes as Christians, we're trying to find something in the wrong place. We're trying to make something happen. He said, if you make room for the Holy Spirit, then provision will come. You can't make provision come, but if you get in the flow of the Spirit, then it comes and then all the provision will come for your life and for your church. So here he is, Judges 6.12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon looks around and says, who are you talking to? Not me. He says, pardon me, Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring, up, bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. So typical human being like all of us, when God shows up and calls to do something, we start with the excuses. I'm not educated enough. I haven't had enough experience. I'm not anointed enough. I don't know the Bible well enough. I don't have the right connections. Don't have enough money. We're good at all those excuses, just like Gideon. But the Lord came and spoke, rise up mighty warrior because God sees you as you are and what you're becoming, not what you were and what you want to stay as. He prophetically said, rise up mighty warrior. And Gideon says, what? I'm hiding here. I'm I'm scared of the enemy. I don't want him to steal from me or my family anymore. And so the enemy will come and intimidate us with lies that we're not good enough. Hey, you're not an evangelist, so you can't go and pray for the sick um, downtown. You're, You're not a gifted speaker, so therefore you can't really lead someone to Jesus. They're lies from the pit of hell. If the Spirit of God's within you, you have all that you need. If the presence of Jesus is with you, you have all that you need. And then He'll equip you and train you and show you how to do it. So Gideon's got all his excuses. If, why, and where. He's abandoned us. The Lord doesn't answer all his excuses, just like He won't answer your excuses. He'll just start speaking about your future and your destiny. Sometimes we all want to know the why answers and God says, no, I'm not going to give you the why answers. I'm going to keep calling you to your destiny because then all the answers and understanding will come. We love to understand it all. I've learned with God, just respond to His Word and His Spirit and call. And as you do, all the other things will come as you need them. And so that's what happened. We live in a Western Christianity, which is Greek-based thinking, which asks why all the time. 
Hebrews don't ask the question why. They, when they're told that God created the heavens and earth, they said, thank you, God. How do I respond to this now and how do I live in this? They don't ask why, how did it, how did it all happen? Did it really happen? That's Western Greek thinking, which is anti-Bible. Why do you go to the Middle East or why, why do you go to, I go to India, I go to uh, other places that think Eastern thinking, which is spiritual thinking, and miracles happen everywhere. You come to the West and it takes a whole lot of work to get enough faith for someone to get healed. Why? Because we live out of here instead of here. And I've learnt more and more, we've got to learn to live out of here and less out of here. And the Spirit of God will renew your mind so that your mind will catch up to. The mind is a gift of God, but too much of our Western Christianity is mind-based instead of spirit-based. And God will bring understanding. He will renew your mind and it's a great gift to reason and think, but not if that's what rules you. I know what I'm talking about. I was quite intelligent at school and I used to wrestle and try and understand the things of the Spirit. And one day a prophet came through and he pointed me and says, stop trying to reason it out. Just trust me and learn to flow in your Spirit. I was rebuked by God as a 19 year old. And I thought, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And the next year or two, he took me on a journey and got me into the Word and taught me how to flow in the Spirit. And progressively, I've learned to live out of here and less out of here. It's, it, our whole Western our university education works here instead of here, which is not basically biblical way of doing life. Gideon was wrestling with this. Then the Lord came, comes to him in verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Oh Lord, he said, I'm weak, I'm, I can't do it. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And the Spirit of God started to stir him again. Didn't answer his excuses. Says, come on, get up and do it. Your church can shake this city. If you don't think it can, it won't. But if you believe it can, you will. What you see in the Spirit, you can have. But if you try and work it all out, you won't get there. And so God calls him. He says, then Gideon comes back with another issue. Pardon me, Lord. Thank God the angel didn't wipe him out. Thank God we got a God of grace. He gives us time to work through all these questions and journey. Pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan's the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. Now that was not true. Because a little bit later we see that he had 10 fathers, his father had 10 servants. So if he was the weakest in the clan and they were a poor family, they would not have had 10 servants. So what he was saying was untrue, but that's how he perceived himself. And so often we perceive ourselves less than what God has called us to. We think, well, I couldn't do that. I'm not trained or equipped enough. And we live out of here. But the Spirit of God keeps talking to here, your spirit man, which is the eternal part of you. And He'll come and renew your mind and Restore your soul so that you can live in the fullness of God. And so he just didn't answer his excuses anymore. But that's how he saw himself. He saw himself as weak, couldn't do it. The Spirit of God could see the cry of his heart and said, yes, you can, you're a mighty warrior. You just got to start to see yourself as a mighty warrior. Do you see yourself as God sees you or as you see you or your Facebook friends see you? We compare ourselves. Facebook and social media is a great gift, but it can be a great curse if it's not used properly. Because you compare yourself with everyone else's highlights and you think my world's pretty dull and boring. It's a dangerous tool when it's like that. You've got to see what does God say. 
Don't spend all your time in Facebook. Get your time in the faith book and let that change your life. The Word of God to shape you and change you. Facebook's a good communicator of friends, but it can be a terrible teller of the truth of situations. God help us to live in His freedom. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Once again, God didn't answer all of His excuses. Didn't go and debate saying, well, you're really, you're, you're not a, a, a weakest in the clan. Your dad's got 10 servants and your household's one of influence. You're a prince in Israel. God didn't even go there and argue. He just says, go because I've sent you and I'll be with you. That's enough. Really? Gideon replied, if now I've found favour in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. The story goes on. There's several tests with the the wet fleece and the dry fleece and the offering and and all these other things that God does to help Gideon realise he was a mighty warrior, not someone who was failing and intimidated and scared. God's speaking to some people here today, young people, young adults, you need to step up and not settle for what the world says and what, what you think about yourself. Find out what God says about you and all of a sudden your life will change. I was a shy young guy, brought up on a farm and, a, and went to school at Crow's Nest near Toowoomba and I was just a really shy young guy. I gave my heart to Jesus the day I finished grade 12. My family were Christian, but I had to choose to follow Jesus myself. And within four months, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and the fear of man and all that other stuff progressively dropped off my life and I became a bold, outgoing, courageous person like you see today, 40-something years later. But I was really shy, afraid of what people thought of me. I don't know where all that came from. I learned a bit more about my family history and some triggers for that, but God healed my heart. But I've learned when the Spirit of God gets a hold of you, things shift and change. And some people say, well, if I let the Spirit of God really be in charge, I might become someone that's not really me. No, the Spirit of God will set you free to be who you were always called to be. He will set you free from fears and limits and other people's opinions and the lies. He will set you free to be released like Gideon, to be the mighty warrior that he always was meant to be, but he was living way below it. So when you let the Spirit of God flow in your life and you surrender to Jesus, He will help you to be free to live whatever He's designed you to be. Whatever your skill set, a doctor or an engineer or a carer or a pastor or a minister, whatever God's called you to be, you will enter into that when you let the Spirit of God flow through you properly. That's what I found and that's that's the testimony of my life. When we cry out to God for breakthroughs and answers, He will often call and prepare a man or a woman or a group of people to answer. We pray and ask God to change our nation. He says, yes, I am and I will. And I'm gonna pick you and you and you. And I'm gonna pick Port City Church. And I'm gonna pick Baso Christian Church. I'm gonna pick any group. God, when you pray for God to break through, He'll always pick a man or a woman or a group of people to lead the breakthrough. We want the angels to come and God to do it. He says, no, I'm not gonna do it that way because people won't receive it. They need God with skin on. That's what Jesus was. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. God wants, the, He wants to see God with skin on in this community so you can touch your workmates and your family. They need to see how do you process life through emotions and fears and thinking and identity and rejection and pain. 
They want to see God with skin on so that they can say, hey, if you can trust God, I can learn to trust God. That's what He's called you and I to be. But you've got to see yourself as God sees you. And for some of us, that needs a whole remake of our identity and how we see ourselves. Sometimes we look in the mirror and people, some people just cringe. They think, is that really me? When you get a bit older, it gets a bit scary sometimes. But God looks at you and sees you a vessel to carry love and hope and truth. He's given you creativity and ingenuity and skills and wisdom and understanding that you are His representative on this earth. Just like when Jesus was about to leave, He said to the disciples, I'm leaving. It's going to be good that I leave because I'm going to send the help of the Holy Spirit with you. And they're saying, no, no, Jesus, we're just getting used to having you around. And it's awesome because we get free feeds, we get miracles, we get stories. We don't want you to go. And he said, it's better if I go because then the Holy Spirit's going to come. And they're saying, Holy Spirit, what's He look like? They found out on the day of Pentecost. They found out when the early church. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is Jesus' representative And you, when you're filled with the Spirit, are God's representative on this world. And He does it through churches. Some people say, well, I've tried that and it didn't work. Do you know there's a whole lot of promises in Scripture? A lot of Ephesians, a lot of Colossians. There are great promises we claim, but most of them are the plural you, not the singular you. And we claim a promise, but it's meant to be fulfilled in the body of Christ, not in you individually. We say it didn't work. No, it didn't work because you've got to learn how to love and be loved and overcome rejection. You only do that in other relationships, not just you and Jesus alone. So when you read Ephesians and Colossians and some of the other books, when you see the word you, check out if it's the plural you or the singular you because we just have the one word you in English. But when you dig a bit deeper, you'll find that promise will only be fully fulfilled in the body of Christ, in relationships with other believers. It's not you and Jesus, it's you and Jesus and His body working together. That's what brings breakthrough in our community. Because He's the head and we're the body and we're members of the body. And if the church gets a hold of that, watch out because the world will be transformed quickly like the early church. They let the power of the Spirit flow. They learned to understand what it meant to love one another and work together as a body. There's a really interesting verse here in Judges 6.34, a bit further on. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abiezrites to follow him. In the Amplified it says, So the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and empowered him and blew a trumpet and the Abiezrites were called together as a militia to follow him. Spirit of God came on Gideon. Remember, this is before the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, this side of Jesus. But the Spirit of God used to come and clothe people for tasks, for gifts, the same Holy Spirit, but it was for a task or a gift. Now we have Him living in us and He also comes upon us for particular ministry. It's really interesting. Those words came upon actually means to put on, to wear, to clothe or be clothed. In the Hebrew, The literal meaning of this verse, get ready for it. It says, The Spirit of the Lord clothed Himself with Gideon. We always think that the Spirit of God comes and clothes us. But the literal meaning of this is, 
God's Spirit allowed Himself to be clothed with Gideon's personality, leadership, heart, passion, gifts, voice, all of those things. So let me tell you, when the Spirit of God gets a hold of your life, He will clothe you, but He will choose to allow Himself to be clothed with your unique personality and character and flow through you. The best way I can describe it, some of you are gardeners or you work as builders, you put gloves on. Years ago, the ladies used to wear gloves for fine dining experience. That doesn't happen anymore. It's too hot for that in Gladstone. But if you're working in garden, you put gloves on. Some of you are washing up in hot water or whatever, or you're using chemicals, you put gloves on to protect your hands or to make them more useful, to grip things. The best picture we've got of what this actually means in the original Hebrew is that you put a glove on, your hands are inside, but the glove is like God allowing himself to be clothed with you. And this is a, an amazing, amazing picture that a lot of people don't get about what it means to be a spirit-filled Christian. God, when you get filled with the Spirit, he doesn't cancel out your personality, your creative gifts. He's created you with them. You are fearfully and wonderfully made from the youngest baby. He's given you your gift of personality and creativity and skill and ability to make things and fix things and all sorts of things, whether it's a mechanic or an engineer or a uh, computer tech, whatever it is. God's given you all of those gifts and when they are surrendered to Him, His Spirit is expressed through your life. That's what it actually means there. And we've often said, Holy Spirit, come on me and do your work. Yes, He does, but He sometimes does it in ways we don't fully understand. He comes on Ashley's personality and his story, and then as he shares his story with others, people then encounter Jesus. And some of you think, well, hold on. John the Baptist said, I must decrease so Jesus must increase. So we use that and we pray it. And that's true, but you've got to realise John the Baptist there was making a very powerful statement. He was closing out the last Old Testament prophet way of God speaking to humanity. And Jesus was now coming with the new covenant of what it was going to look like to be spirit-filled believers, not just ones pointing towards Jesus. Now we have him in our hearts by his spirit. So that prayer, I must decrease and he must increase, is a true because we need to be fully surrendered and humble before Jesus. But I believe many of us have misunderstood that and we've used that, well, I just need to decrease. I need less of me and more of him. It's partially true, but in the process, we've sometimes tried to squash and kill our personality, our creativity, our natural skills and all these amazing gifts that God says, hey, no, I want to use them. Don't kill them. We die to the old nature, but who you are needs to come to life and flourish under His Spirit's anointing. I think, well, if I do that, I'll get proud. No, you won't. I found the more God uses me, the more humble I get. I think, well, that's just amazing that you would use me. God, that you would speak through me. That you would choose me to help lead someone to Jesus. And it makes life incredibly exciting. But He wants, the best way you can put it is He wants all of you filled with all of Him. Not less of you and more of Him. He wants your heart fully surrendered and then He can release your personality. Your, your, he's put you in a family 
with culture and traits for a good reason. There's different nationalities represented here. Guess what? God's put you in that place. You were born in that culture for His divine purpose. Let's redeem it and live it out for His kingdom glory. Let Him redeem and restore and change the things that are not godly and that are self-centred, but let us have the Spirit of God flowing through our personality, our family culture, our history, our story of brokenness that He now redeems. I think, God, You are amazing. And every time God flows through me when I pray for someone or I help lead someone to Jesus, I am humbled. I just say, God, what an honour and a privilege. I don't get proud. I get more humbled every time He uses me. See, it's a choice of surrender. It's about focus on Him and others, not on yourself. Joy, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. If you keep that, you won't get proud. That's what joy means. I just believe God wants us to understand it's all of Him filled with, all of me filled with all of Him. He doesn't cancel out who you are. He releases your personality to the fullest. He'll deal with the fears and the junk and the lies and the the hereditary stuff that has limited you. God's very good at breaking that off of our lives and setting us free. He wants to use you. Just learn to listen to His voice. Several years ago, I, I got a phone call. I was in my office at church. I got a phone call to go and visit someone in hospital who I hadn't met. It was a relative saying, my dad's really ill. Can you go and visit him? I didn't actually take the call. Someone else took it and passed the message to me. So I got to the hospital at the bed and he wasn't in the bed. I thought, oh no, I've missed him. He's gone home. But I left my little card with my details on. And as I'm walking out of the hospital, I was a bit disappointed saying, oh, he's an elderly man. I hope he's okay. I prayed a quick prayer. As I'm walking out the hospital, down the corridor, there's a guy coming down the hallway in a wheelchair, just slowly. He was an elderly man, just slowly coming down the hall and I felt the Spirit of God say stop and pray for him I just felt that nudge so I did knelt down and say excuse me sir you don't know me but I can see you're obviously very ill and can I pray a prayer for you and he says yeah I'm going home tonight that would be nice he looked at me he didn't hear me properly initially but that was the conversation so I prayed a prayer of blessing on him for God to touch him and give him peace and healing I thought, oh, that was a real blessing. So I walked down the hallway. I'm about 10 paces down the hallway and the Spirit of God almost audibly spoke to me. I haven't had it many times. He says, stop, go back and lead him to me now. I thought I'd been obedient, praying a prayer of blessing on someone I never met before. I thought I was being bold. And the Lord says, no, go and lead him to me now. I think, oh God, he's going to think I'm crazy. I've already stopped and prayed for him for a guy he doesn't know. But it was so clear I had this stirring in my heart. So I walked around and he was very ill. So he'd only done another few more paces down the hallway because he was really ill. I caught up to him and I knelt down and said, excuse me, sir, I know I prayed for you before, but can I just ask you one question? Have you ever asked Jesus into your heart that he can be your Lord and Saviour? And he looked at me as if he didn't hear me, but I knew he had because I knew what his hearing levels were. He looked at me for about 10 or 15 seconds. I didn't know what he was going to do, whether he was going to try and run me over with the wheelchair or punch me out or I don't know what was going to happen. It was just like that holy pause moment where you think, whoa, is this going to go? And some tears well up in his eyes and said, yeah, that would be really good. I'd like to do that. So I led him to Jesus. 
And then I went back to the office and said, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> Three days later, I'm in the office on Tuesday and a phone rings and it was the same lady who had rung for me to go and visit her elderly dad in hospital. She said, did you leave your card? I said, yep. And the story unfolded that the man I met in the hallway was the man who should have been in the bed. I led him to Jesus and she said, he went home and died at 11 o'clock that night. I said, yeah, he told me he was going home, but they said, yeah, the doctor sent him home to die because he was full of cancer. He didn't tell me any of that. And then, then she started weeping. She said, I've been a Christian for 22 years. I have prayed for dad. I've tried to lead him to Jesus. I've tried to give him Bibles. I've tried to do anything. He said he's just always flatly rejected, says, no, I'm not ever going to have that in my life. So she's weeping on the other end of the phone, I thought. Then I'm started to weep. I said, Holy Spirit, thank you for the privilege that you trusted me with leading him to Jesus, that no one else had been able to reach. And I wasn't anything special, just that he was at that crucial point in life where he was ready to face eternity. And his spirit was overruling all his mind's rejections. Let me tell you, there's people like that all around us all the time. And if we just treat people with their mindsets, we're going to miss the spirit. I've learned you do it with grace, with love, with kindness. You don't be rude. I asked permission to pray for him. I didn't just bowl up and lay hands on him. You do it with kindness and grace. But let me tell you, there are people everywhere just waiting for someone to pray a prayer with them. Someone to invite them for coffee or to come to a life group or to church or to ask them how they're going Oh, I'm a lot of pain. I said, wow, let's pray for you. Can we pray for you? I know Jesus and he can heal. You might have heard about Jesus to heal when he walked in. He still does it today through his people. Really? Would you like to try? I'm amazed that when you do that, often God just shows up in grace and power. A lot more miracles happen in the world than they happen in church. Church is just the training ground. We want all the miracles to happen here. Let me tell you, most of them happen out there when you're willing to flow. About 10 years ago, I was in the Harvey Bay Airport meeting someone and I saw the federal politician for our area just hardly able to walk. And I went and said hello. I knew him, but not very well. I knew he was a nominal Christian. And I said, are you okay? He says, no. He said, I've done my back gardening and I've got a whole week of parliament. I'm flying to camera. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I said, you know, I'm a pastor. He said, yeah. He said, I said, do you want me to pray for you for God to bring healing to you? He looked at me and said, oh, that'd be really good. I don't know if they believe in that in their church, but anyway. And he thought I was going to go home and get on my knees and pray when I went to bed. And I, I grabbed his hand and started praying. And he could tell he's, I didn't embarrass him. We sort of walked to the side a bit and I said, let's do it now. Uh, really? Okay. So I prayed for him. And he didn't jump up and down. And, but I saw him a couple of weeks later. And I said, how did you go with your back? He says, you know, by the time I got to camera work this morning, the pain was just about all gone and I had an awesome week. I said, I told you Jesus heals. So whether they're a federal politician, whether they're a doctor, whether they're a neighbour or a friend, if you're willing to be Jesus with skin on, watch out and see what he'll do. Because God puts you on like a glove. Wow, time's up. Where's our worship team? We need to come and wrap it up. 
1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For we were all baptised by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. How awesome is that? The Holy Spirit says we can all drink of Him. Whether you're a new Christian, whether you've known Jesus for 50 years, whether you're a pastor or a doctor or an educated person or someone who's just trying to work out how you're going to survive this week with limited finances, we all drink of the one Holy Spirit. We all drink of His Spirit. We can be born again. We can be filled with His Spirit. We can be healed and restored. And God wants to flow through you. The Passion says, For by one Spirit we're all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we're Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God within you is a presence that will shift the atmosphere. I'll share one more story. A few years ago, I went to Planet Shakers in Melbourne. On the way home, we were flying from Melbourne to Brisbane, then Brisbane to Harvey Bay. And on the Brisbane Harvey Bay leg, my wife and I ended up with separate seats. She ended up in the back seat next to the toilet. She wasn't really happy about that, but it's only a 45-minute flight. I end up in the middle and a lady, I was sitting next to a lady I'd never met. So we exchanged pleasantries and, and we sort of chatted off and on a little bit and wanted to know where I came from and, and where she was from. And she told me a little bit of her story. And then she kept coming back into the conversation. She said, what do you do? And I, I don't always tell people I'm a pastor straight away. I sometimes say, oh, I'm in the people business. So I just sort of draw people in, you know. I'm a motivational speaker. Sometimes I'll speak their language to start and see what there is. But this time I just felt to say, I'm actually a pastor of church. I've just been to a great conference in Melbourne. She said, really? She said, what sort of church are you? So I started telling her, she lived in Sydney. I said, maybe you know Hillsong Church. It's something similar to that. She says, her eyes got big. She says, I live around the corner from Hillsong. I've wondered for years why tens of thousands of people come to that church every Sunday. She lived on the corner where they turned into the main Hillsong complex. How's that? The conversation kept on going in and out. She kept asking me questions. But I didn't lead her to Jesus. She wasn't ready for that. I gave my card and said, look, she was going to be in Harvey Bay for a week. And I said, if you want to pop into our church, this is it. That was on a Saturday afternoon, come back from Melbourne. Six days, seven days, six days later on a Friday afternoon, I get a phone call. It was her. She says, remember me? I said, yeah. She said, can I come and see you? I said, sure. She rode a bike up, came and saw me, walked to my office and just burst into tears. I said, are you okay? She says, no, I'm not. She said, when I met you on the plane the other day, I didn't tell you, but my husband of 27 years marriage pulled his wedding ring up and threw it on the table before I left and said, it's all over. She said, we're very wealthy people, got an international business, great home, family. But she said, I've been depressed for a year, don't have any answers to my life. I said, have you had any Christian background? She says, when I was a teenager, 15-year-old, I was in a school that was loosely church-based in Sydney. Never went to church. I went to the chapel service and said, one night I went outside and looked up to the stars and said, God, if you're real, please show yourself to me. She said, immediately this feeling of love and light just came all over me. But she said, I was too scared to tell any of my friends or my family because none of them were Christians she said, I've never told anyone until I'm telling you right now since that day. And she said, I'm in my 50s now. I said, wow. I said, thanks for sharing that amazing truth. And she said, I said, well, why are you here in my office? She said, I actually came to your church on Sunday morning. She slipped in and out and I didn't even see her. 
She said, I even came on Tuesday night. You had some Indian preacher there, a pastor from India. So I slipped in and out of that meeting. I didn't even see her on both of those occasions. And she said, when I walked into your church, she said, then she told me, she said, when you sat beside me on the plane, I had exactly the same feeling I had when I was 15 when Jesus, God touched me with his love and light. She said, when I walked into your church, it happened again on Sunday and Tuesday. She said, that's why I'm in your office because something's happening I can't explain. Let me tell you, you're carriers of his presence. Those supernatural things don't happen every day but they'll happen more often than you believe if you just open for the Spirit to flow through you. And I was humbled and inspired. I think, wow, we really do carry the presence of Jesus. <laughs> Spirit of God's here today. Some people, you've had brokenness in your life and you've had a lot of pain. And right now it's time for you to open your heart to Jesus. Maybe you've never, ever heard this message, someone's invited you along or maybe you've been here before or been to other churches, but today you realise you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about and these people have been singing about in a personal way. Today you can receive His presence and power in your life. Maybe you know Jesus, but you say, hey, I don't have an exciting Christian life like that. I don't have those every day, but I've learned if you do the dailies well of loving in Jesus, He'll do you the suddenlies every now and then that will surprise you. Just do your devotions, love the Word, grow in the Spirit, worship, praise like never before because praise is a doorway for the heaven power to come over your life. If you do the dailies right, God will then release the suddenlies that will transform people's lives. He'll do miracles in your life and He'll do miracles in our community. This city needs the presence of Jesus like never before. And let me tell you, it's, it's time. It's time for the young people, the families, older people to encounter the power of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, the Spirit of God's moving across this world like never before. There was a gentleman walked into our church last Sunday and he gave me a big hug. I hadn't seen him for about two years. His whole family were there. I've been travelling. I can't resist one more story because this one will touch your heart. And I realised who this guy was. About five years ago, he came to our church a couple of times. His cousin comes to our church. So they've been sharing with him for ages. He came along one Sunday morning, him and his wife and four kids, and they all came out and gave their heart to Jesus. It was powerful. I remember it specifically. He went out the side to give it a, get a Bible and the power of God was so strong at the end of the service, I said, it's morning tea time. We had two services at that stage. Another half hour, we're going to start another service. But I said, the power of God, some miracles in the house. If you want to stay and just worship, people came out and knelt and we started praying. The power of God was there. He came out of the side room, came and knelt down and one other team prayed for him. But he says, no, I want Pastor Ross to pray for me. I'm not anything special, but I learned on Tuesday why he wanted me. I came and prayed for him. Didn't feel anything specific apart from the power of God flowing. He went outside and he had his tape, he had his phone and he recorded his voice because he had been a teacher and he'd lost his voice, had a disease that had destroyed his vocal cords. And he was desperate. He wasn't a Christian, but he knew about God through his cousin. The Friday before, he was driving along the beachfront, the Espinosa Hubby Bay, and he felt a voice say, go and go for a walk on the beach. So he pulled up, pulled up his car, went for a walk on the beach. This gentleman came up beside him and spoke to him he said, I know your need. He said, you need to go to Bayside Christian Church on Sunday morning, get Pastor Ross to pray for you and your voice will be healed. 
Then he turned around and the person disappeared. It was an angel that God sent. So he came knowing he was going to heal. He recorded his broken voice on his phone before he came to church because he knew he was going to get healed. And that's exactly what happened. His wife didn't really want to follow on fully and they've drifted in and out and been away. But Sunday they walked back into church and he came and gave me a big hug and I thought, so good to see you again. And they're on a journey. Let me tell you, the Spirit of God's working out there in the community all the time. He's just waiting for enough of us to tune in to hear what he's up to. And let me tell you, God's using you, your kids, your family. I've got dozens of stories like that now the last few years because the Spirit of God's up to amazing things and He wants to flow more and more through. Some of you got stories like that in your doctor's surgeries, wherever. Let's stand in His presence right now. Let's open your heart right now. And I, I just want to pray for a few people before we finish today and just take a deep breath and get the oxygen flowing to your brain. You've been sitting down for a while. Just tune in for the next few minutes because right now there's some decisions being made that are powerful. I want to ask, do you know this amazing Jesus, your Lord and Saviour? Or do you live on secondhand faith of a parent or a friend or a husband or wife that loves Jesus and you're just drifting along in the overflow? Man, I want to challenge you to stand up and be followers of Jesus with all your heart. Don't trust in your wife or your mother's faith. You need to step up and follow Jesus with all your heart and be a man of courage. God's calling you today to follow with all of your heart. Women, surrender to Jesus. Don't let fear and anxiety and depression and discouragement rob your soul. Face this year with faith and hope through Jesus Christ. Young people, you need to surrender fully to Jesus, not just on the fringe and have Jesus an extra, but let Him be the centre of your life. Let's just close our eyes for a moment in this holy moment. I want to ask you a question. Do you know this amazing Jesus that I've been preaching about and talking about? Do you know this amazing Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Maybe you've never, ever encountered Him. I'm not talking about being religious, not talk, talking about just going to church. I'm talking about a personal relationship where the Spirit of God has come and forgiven you of sin and changed your heart. Maybe you once did, and it's time to reaffirm or reconnect your faith to Jesus at the beginning of this year so you can face 2020 with faith, not fear. I want to ask you the question, if that's you saying, Pastor Ross, include me in this prayer. I want to surrender to Jesus or come back to Jesus. I want to surrender to Him today. If that's you, just give me a wave right now. So that's me. Yeah, God bless you. Who else? Come on, lift your hands. God bless you. Who else today? Come on, lift it up and say, that's me. I want to surrender. I want to get right with Jesus. I want to come back to Him. God bless you. Come on, lift it up on high. The Spirit of God's tugging at your heart. Some of you, your heart's beating real fast right now and you know that's the Spirit of God. Or your mind's saying, just do it another day. I put it off for years and that's the only regret of my life. I put off for years what I knew I should have done. Who else right now? Yeah, God bless There's young men and women here saying, Jesus, I want you to be the centre of my life. There's someone here and you've never, ever done that in your life. But friends have been telling you about it. He's calling you. There's a man here and you're successful in the business world or your career, but inside you're empty and the Spirit of God's calling you. Come on, put Him first in your life. Who else? Quickly just lift it up and say, that's me, that's me. He loves you so, so much. What we're going to do right now, we're going to sing this song. If you put your hand up, I'd like to meet you personally and shake your hand and pray for you and just invite you to come to the front. If you come with a family member or friend, bring them with you. 
We want to pray a prayer and lead you and make sure you know what it means to have Jesus at the centre of your life. Maybe you've done it before. Maybe you haven't. Maybe if you come with someone, why don't you bring them with you right now? As we start to sing, come on out the front. We want to pray for you. We're not going to embarrass you, but we want to pray. God bless you as you come. Come on, let's sing this song and let's worship our God as they come right now. Come on, come. Come and let Jesus be Lord of your life. Yeah, well done. Well done. Who else? Come and join us. Till I lay my head, I will sing.